Good afternoon! This is episode two of High and Tight on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, and joining me as always is my friend, Pete Paguaga. There it is! Nailed yes. it, baby! Yes. Nailed it! Let me just say, I've literally been practicing saying your last name all week, and I feel terrible that I messed it up. It was fun time. the first time. Trust me, I've heard a lot worse, but you nailed it today. Oh, so, man. Thank you. so good. I'm really so excited. Uh, listen, we got a lot to get to this week. Uh, both of us saw some great games. We have some great games coming up. We got the Dirt Dog of the Week to give out near the end of the show. We're going to go through the poll. Um, so let's talk about some games we saw this week. Uh, Pete, what was the best game you saw this week? Well, I I made the trip up to Groton this week, uh, this weekend Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, to see Waterford versus Fitch. Obviously, Waterford was coming in at number two last week. Fitch was 5-0. and It's a great rivalry between those two schools. It was nice. Got to see Mike Burrows, the UConn commit. Um, and even uh, Walker Sutman, the Fairfield commit for, for Waterford, who, yeah. who really went 3-for-3 three three at the plate. Played well. It was a great game, a uh, real pitcher's duel between uh, Burroughs and uh, Tyler Nelly for Fitch, who was actually the starting catcher for Fitch. So how good is Burroughs? Oh, okay, so this is, where person, I get to, this is where I get to gush about Mike Burroughs. Oh, this, is, this, is, this is your gush moment. <laughs> this is my yeah. gush moment. Yeah. Uh, he is legit. Yeah. He is the real deal. Um, he really... You know, he had a really good first inning. Second inning, he kind of uh, struggled a little bit. Fitch got a couple of guys on base. Scored on a weird infield single that the third baseman thought was a force at third, so he stopped on third instead of probably could have gotten him at home or at right. least to play at the plate. It was very weird. And then he just went to work. I mean, he just absolutely dominated. Uh, 14 strikeouts. Uh, at one point, he struck out, you know, like six out of ten batters. Wow. Or whatever it was. And... Uh, he was just, he just dominated. And when I spoke to him after the game, he was basically like, you know, once I got, he said, he's like, once I got comfortable on the mound, uh, you know, he's like, I just went after them. He goes, I stopped playing around and I just went at them. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, he's a big guy. You know, he's tall. Obviously, he's taller than me. Who isn't? Yeah. But uh, he just has that kind of presence on the mound, you know, it's straight face, you know, low brim. And he just stares at the hitters and he was just mowing them down. And, you know, you got to give him credit. There was a handful of scouts there too. A lot of radar guns behind home plate. Right. And I talked to a couple of them. They said he was sitting around like 90, 91. And his ball had movement. I mean, he right. was throwing, I want to say, I don't have my book with me, five guys looking. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, he had, I want to say it's like a two-seam. You know, I wasn't really standing behind the plate, but it was like, not, you know, sharp fastball that just kicking to the outside, kicking to the outside, and they didn't have a shot. Yeah, it's one thing, you know, when we read about these kids, but it's another thing to see it in person and to really see what they're able to do on the mound, because yeah. you, you can read about a kid who got a one-hitter, he struck out this many people, but like you said, when you can see the ball movement, when you can hear the glove pop, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. You, get, you get a whole further appreciation for how good these kids actually are, and it's, it's why you should go to games, you know. And, yeah, and, and I mean, that drive kids. that drive was worth it. I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. drive. It's very nice up there. Also nice, yeah. Uh, Fitch has a very good, you know, ball field stadium. They have a nice little press box. Yeah. I, I stood in the stands, but, you know, it's a very nice area they uh, field they have up there, and... Uh, you know, it was a great game. It was a three-to-one game for five innings, and then Waterford really went to work against the Fitch bullpen, scored six runs in the top of the sixth inning, and, you know, really put it away Yeah. Uh, 9-1. But, I mean, for the score really didn't indicate how that game went. It was a really good pitcher's duel between right. two very good teams in the ECC. Sure. If you want to read more about the ECC, I'll have a nice little ECC roundup uh, on the site at some point this week whenever my editor gets to it. You are getting some ECC love. That's, That's awesome. Right. We're trying to give every conference some love here. 
you know, I didn't see any really good games like that this week, but I did see something interesting. I saw Richfield play Stanford. That's right. Um, and Jake Arts had a one-hitter, really, really pitched well. Now, I think Alex Price is the best pitcher in the FCAC. Some will argue other players, and that's fine. But I think Alex Price is awesome for Ridgefield. If this kid, Arts, can legitimately be their number two, they're going to be really, really dangerous. Because when you have two guys like that, two really good ace pitchers, you can just roll through the league. I mean, you're going to lose some games here and there, but especially when you get to the playoffs, yeah, exactly. having those two top guns. I mean, I mean, when you when you, you left to cover that game after we shot that first episode on, yeah. on, on Wednesday. Yeah, it was like an hour later. Yeah, you're an hour later and your game's done, and Sean and I are still <laughs> sitting here playing with uh, playing with the podcast and coming up with the video. We're like, Scott's done already? That's the other reason I love these good pitchers, because the games fly, baby. What, he threw, I mean, what, 80-something pitches, whatever He threw it was? under 70 pitches in seven innings. Uh, he had a six-pitch inning where this team committed two errors. It was almost a three-pitch inning. And then later he had an eight-pitch inning. Uh, just super efficient. That's yeah, efficiency. I mean, really good kid. And also, let me say this. We've talked about uniforms a little bit. Yeah. The Ridgefield away unis are something special yeah. to behold. you got to get look at some of the photos or get some video. They have, like, a superimposed tiger head behind the number. Really? With, like, claw marks. The design, so. Yeah, I've never seen that, actually, on I've never seen it either. Before. I saw them hanging up, and then I saw them put them on, and I was like, those are really cool. <laughs> it's kind of like hitting because you sent me. I saw the photo when you first posted it on Twitter. And uh, the kid was wearing stirrups. Yeah. And I was like, yo, stirrups. And you were like, zoom in. Like, check out the check back out of these jerseys. jerseys. They awesome look detail awesome. on the jerseys. Speaking of jerseys, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. So the other day on Twitter, yes. um, a friend of the program, Luke DeVoe, runs uh, CTHS Hockey and right. does a lot of stuff in Hamden Baseball. Yeah. Uh, he posted a photo and tagged Hamden Baseball coach Chris Borelli. Notre Dame wore green pants. Yeah. The other day. Like, Hartford, I'm going to show you the photo here. Yeah. So this, so no one can see it. University of Notre Dame. Yeah, University of Notre yeah, Dame yeah. wore green. Yeah. Now, so my thing was, if you're Hamden, yeah. And 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 this is what and and I threw this at Chris to see what he thought, and and he thought I was ridiculous. But if you're Hamden, how do you not go with the the golden yellow tops that they have? Yeah. And green pants. Hmm. That would look awesome. It could. It could look awesome. I mean, I'm in for green pants, 100. Like, yeah. I think, I think the the. What do they wear the gold tops with now? White pants. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they, they go with the white pants, and and uh, you know, very basic white is you know nice and safe. But I, I mean, if we had a team here wearing green pants, well, I was, I'm all in. So a few years ago, I was trying to get Darien to get the baby blues, and they, oh. got, and they got the jerseys. But I was like, you got to go full yeah, out. Yeah, you got to go like get 80s Kansas City Royals, right? right? The Royals, the Expos, the, the, the yeah. road blues, like. So they said, you know, we're not going to get the pants, but we got the jerseys. I was happy with the jerseys. Wilton also went with the baby blues a couple years ago. Yes. Which, it's a great... Yeah, they still have awesome, them. I believe yeah, they wear awesome them now. Look. All right. Uh, let's talk about the no-hitters. We had, what, two more? Two more this week. One was combined. Uh, Jason Krar and Bryce Worth of Southington. Um, Krar pitched six innings, and then Worth finished it off. That was uh, Jason Carr's, Carr's first varsity start. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Could you imagine that? If I was him, I would never play again. I'd be like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I threw a no-hitter. I'm out. That's my baseball career. Just drop the glove and walk out. Any college coaches, hey, hey, look at the tape. I got six (laughs) innings. They never got a hit on me. I'm out. Uh, And then Casey Weingrat at uh, Northwestern. Uh, It was a 10-0 win over Thomaston, but he went the distance, uh, struck out four, and walked two. Uh, for his no-hitter. Shout so, out to the Berkshire League. Berkshire League in the house. Uh, always, As always, send in those no-hitters to Game yes. Time CT. Yes. We got, what, five or six so far this year? Yeah, I think so. I think Within we, the first two weeks? They've been rolling through. I mean, we've really had... Do you think that that has more to do with 
the pitchers are just better or teams are still trying to catch up? Because obviously pitching is always ahead of hitting early the, in the year. Yes, and I think that's part of it right now is that it's miserable to hit out there. Uh, teams don't have their timing. They're not playing enough games. Also, these pitching performances are awesome. So yeah. it's a combination of the two, but I think we're seeing a, a little bit more right now just because the hitters aren't are up to speed. Yeah. No, no one's played a full week of schedule, really. Yeah, except no, for even this week. Darianne and McMahon and Norwalk. So. I'm telling you, and I said this to you before, before we started, if I'm Darianne, I'm renting out my field on game days where I'm not playing and it's raining. Thousand, two thousand dollars a game. Get some of those uh, Fairfield County schools to pay it. Look, take my idea. I'll take. I'll take twenty percent. They uh, they've played so many more what games. Are they have seven, eight games under their belt. I, I think they played eight. I think they're seven and one or six and one. Who's the tonics one and zero? Oh? I know. Okay. Who's Tonics one and zero? I listed them as an undefeated team. I was like, they're only. Oh, well, were you kidding? So I posted uh, the photo of New Milford for, uh, for your notebook on uh, yeah. Instagram, and I was like, oh, New Milford one. And who's Tonic baseball? So like, whoa, can't forget about us. And I was like, how could we forget about you? You won one game. <laughs> we got you. And and I love my guys up at Hoosie, but it's like, all right. <laughs> right. Play a full schedule, and then we'll and, yeah, and then we can get into it. But it's been hard. It's been yeah. hard for these teams to get the field. Yesterday was a monsoon. I mean, there were fields just underwater yesterday. So yesterday. we'll see what gets played today. Uh, I'm supposed to go up to Staples, see Staples Wilton today. It'll be my first look at one. the at the number one team. Um, so why don't we switch and why don't we go into the poll? Yes, I'm going to go through the poll, uh, ten through one. This is what the third the third poll of the year. This right? is the third poll of the year. We had some movement. It's pretty much the same teams. Uh, we only had Notre Dame West Haven drop out. Uh, otherwise, it was the same top 10. Uh, New Milford moved in, as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, at number 10, Amity. They held on to their final spot. They didn't drop out of the top 10. That saved you a lot of research to find out when was the last time Amity I, wasn't in the poll. Right. So, Amity, look, they're 3-2. and two. They're still a good team. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about the records more a little bit later. But they stayed in the top 10. Um they lost to Prep, but they beat Xavier, they beat Shelton, they beat those teams pretty handily. So And Shelton was three and one at the time. Shelton yeah. I think was playing well, so And I think we need to see more once they get into their full SEC schedule, yeah. what Amity really is this year. But I don't think they're gonna be bad. Yeah. No. Uh Ridgefield stay in the top ten, four and one, beat Stanford and beat Trinity. Um they've had to fill a lot of holes, but like I said, with that with that new number two pitcher now, they're they're looking pretty good. Yeah. Um then we slide up to New Milford. New Milford is five and oh. They're really playing good baseball. They're one of the few uh, four undefeated teams left in Class Double L, and New Milford's one of them. And you, I mean, you look at this. They they beat Benel two nothing, Pomperock three to three three to two. Right. You know, good teams win games. Great teams win the close games. Ooh, make the t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, put that on. A t-shirt. But it's like you know, winning those games, especially early in the year. Yeah. You know, it's very indicative of how the season could possibly go yes. for them. So, because you know, you look at a team like NFA. Yeah, you know, I was like I said, I was doing some ECC stuff. NFA is zero and four. Right, they've lost all four games by a combined six runs. Right, you know, you win one or two of those games, they go the other way. Now, now you're sitting at two and two. Right, you know, so winning those close games is is huge, especially this early in the year when you're trying to get to the you know eight wins just to qualify, and then you know to to. And honestly, having a you know small losing record right now is not the end of the world. Staples did it last year. Things worked out okay yeah, for them. Absolutely. Uh, Waterford's at number seven. Uh, we already talked about Waterford and Mike Burroughs and how much you love them. Um, but they're rolling along three and one now. Lost by one run to Bacon Academy, but that's going to happen in baseball. You're going to lose a one run game. They fell from number two down to seven. Um, I know you have something to say about that, uh, so we'll wait a minute to do that. But look, the, the poll's going to fluctuate, especially yeah. early in the season. Um, Cheshire fell from three to six. 
because uh, they lost to North Haven one nothing, which is <laughs> a rough. A rough way to fall. Oh my god, I cannot wait till week till I get till I get my platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put you on your soapbox in a minute. Let me just get through this. Um, uh, preps at five. They were four last week. That's pretty much the same. Uh, preps about to get into the you know the meat of the of the SEC schedule and see what they do. I think they're a really good team. I think they are too. We no. talked about Will Lucas last week. Will Lucas. I yeah. ate, I you know I ate crow on that and. You know, shout out to him and uh, but, but they're they are good. They're they're good. They're yeah. deep at pitcher. I mean, they're, they're, it's not SEC is obviously the toughest league I think this year, but mm-hmm. I think Prep is really really good. Um, Holy Cross. I mean, Holy Cross has allowed two runs in five games. I was supposed to go check up with the Crusaders yesterday, but yeah. The, but the monsoon kind of washed yes. it out. Yeah. Uh, so they once they park the arc and start playing again, we'll see. Yeah. But they, you know, they have some tough games coming up. But you have to think that they're gonna win a lot more games than they lose in, yeah. in, in that league that, yeah, that they're in up there. Absolutely. And it, it seems like if their pitching is going to be that good, where you're only allowing two runs in five games, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's really... Hey, pitching, you need pitching come down the stretch. And, sure. You know, they're going to be ready to go come postseason time. Yeah. And uh, being in Class S will, you know, helps. help out in the state yeah. tournament, yeah. Uh, hand shot up from 8-3, to 5-0. Uh, and oh, You know, uh, I think the undefeated teams, that they got bumped up. Yeah. Hand and... And, uh, you know, we'll see St. Joe in a minute. But um, Hans got Amity coming up, so we'll see that be a big one. what happens in that one. Uh, St. Joe's, I mean, St. Joe's is just pounding the baseball. I mean, all their scores are double digits except for one game where they scored nine. Uh, they're just, they haven't played the top teams yet. Yep. They're going to get into some games, you know, coming up soon. But they're looking so, so solid. Uh, and I will say, last week I said that St. Joe and Waterford were on a collision course in Class M. <laughs> of course, Waterford's in Class L, so... Which is weird. Like, if one of them was going to get moved up to L, you would have assumed it would have been St. Joe's. Yes, but we, we don't I, need to get di- dive into that one. Uh, I should have known Waterford was moved up, uh, <laughs> so I had to temper my expectations for that, but... Well, we weren't in mid-season form yet. So let's you know, talk about like a, the, players. the Waterford hand collision course <laughs> in Class L, or whatever we want to go to. That would, um, I, I would love to see that one. That'd be awesome. Uh, and then uh, Staples, unanimous, unanimous number one again. Um, they're just killing the ball. They're pitching well. Uh, I'm interested to see them against Wilton today, and then yep. uh, you know check them out Saturday. We're also, both, we're actually both going to be we're at the game both on gonna Saturday. Be Saturday when they play Masic, which uh, I think should be interesting. It'll matchup. be a high and tight special. It'll be a high and tight special. Masic's two and two, I think, but they've had some close games. And mm-hmm. again, so tell me why Pete, you are upset with the voters in the game time <sighs> CT baseball. Okay. Point. And I get, and I'm going to preface this with saying, I, I have voted in the baseball poll in previous years. I'm not this year. Right. Um, I get that it's not easy. Okay? But, you, we, as the voters, you cannot treat the baseball poll like it's the football poll. They played 20 games. Waterford is just an example. So they lost to Bacon Academy by one run. Right. Right? Then they come out and they beat Fitch. Who's five and zero? And if Fitch wins the game, Fitch is in the top ten. Sure. So we're not going to reward them for that win. Mm-hmm. That you know what I mean? It's like that's the way it looks. Like they lost a one run game that could have gone anyway. It's not like they got blown out. Yes. Then they come back and beat a five and zero team, who was getting a bunch of votes last week. Got a bunch of votes this week, but we're not going to reward them for that. We're only gonna we're only gonna we're only gonna take points away. You look at even Cheshire. Cheshire come out. And they've beaten every good team mm-hmm. that they've played this year. And they've played a tough schedule to start the year. And they lose to North Haven. one nothing. A North Haven team that's good. That is one of the SEC good schools. 
or good teams this year, and we're going to punish them and drop them three spots. I understand rewarding the undefeated teams, right. and I get that. St. Joe's is smacking the ball all around the field. Hand, a lot of expectations coming into the year, and they've backed it up. Right. The NVL is not the SEC. The NVL is not the ECC. The NVL is definitely not the FCAC. Right. Okay. And I get that Holy Cross won the championship. But beating Torrington 3 nothing, Yeah. Or uh, Waterbury Academy 12 nothing, Kennedy 20 nothing. Yeah. It's not... That's not comparable to going out and beating Fitch 9-1. to Right. And I think... And it's not a knock against Holy Cross. I like Holy Cross. I plan on going to see them soon. Um, I just think that we need to. They need the voters need to stop looking at the records. Amity at three and two is probably better than five of these teams that are ahead of them. I think what what happens sometimes early in the baseball poll is yes, team voters will punish teams for a yeah. loss. You're also trying to figure out who the good teams are. So at the beginning of the season, I thought Hand was a good team, yeah. but I didn't rank them. Yeah. So now that they're 5-0 and and they've beaten some good teams, yeah. I should have them, I yes. move them up. I move them up to the top five, and the reason I did that is because they've earned it. Yeah. So it's not, I don't feel like I was punishing Waterford or punishing Cheshire by pushing them down, but I made a conscious decision to move Holy Cross, Hand, and St. Joe's up because they haven't lost. Yes. So when we're trying to figure out what every team still has, we haven't yeah. even seen some of these teams more than two or three games, it can be difficult. So I understand yeah. your point about not treating the baseball poll like football where a loss should knock yeah. you out of the they poll. They play 10 like games, that. not 20. Yes. And then there's a lot of games and there's a lot of variance. But I think when you're early season in the poll and, you, and, and what happens is you know a few people vote yeah. someone up and someone down. Oh, and, definitely. I could see. And it fluctuates. So my know. thing for the voters is if we're rewarding St. Joe's for being 5-0, and Hand for being 3-0, and Holy Cross for being 5-0, and and Staples for being 4-0, and what's the difference between Hand and Staples? Is it just because Staples won the championship last year and they yeah. were the number one team yeah. last year? right. So, And I'm not saying Staples shouldn't be one. If I had to vote, I would vote Staples a number one. And I'm not holding anything against them. This and this. I'm just saying is, is that the way that it's going? It's like, well, they were number one, so we're just going to leave them there until they lose? Yes. I think that they earned the spot by winning the class double L, bringing back a really good oh, they team. Brought, their team's really good. Now, look, if not... they had started the season, you know, two and two, they wouldn't be there anymore, and, and one of these other teams would have slid up, you know, into the number one spot. Just, that's just so hard to do in baseball. Baseball is yes. not a sport where you go undefeated. No. Okay. You know, we've seen it. The last two out of three class double L champions lost seven games in the regular season and weren't. And Amity was ranked seventh heading into the state tournament last year, and I don't think Staples was ranked last year. Right. Well, the thing is, look, if you look at Staples, St. Joe's, West Hill, uh, uh, Richfield, what separates those teams right now? Nothing. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Until they play each other, you don't know. Yeah. So West Hill's not ranked, but maybe they're better than Staples. Yeah. You don't know. Until yeah, we don't you know. Field. Exactly. So it's so very... You're trying to make your best guess. Is the baseball yeah. poll perfect? No. no certainly not. No, no, I think it's, it's the hard. toughest sport to keep the poll going yeah. for, like for the reason you said. Yeah. That if you... You face a team's ace, and you're throwing your three, and you lose that game, and you're punished for that loss. Yeah, it's tough, especially with the way the schedule. And it doesn't right happen in football and basketball where you don't always have your best kids on yeah. the field or on the court. So, the losses in football are really clear. <clears throat> losses in basketball are a little more. It's clear. just it's just amazing to watch. Last week we were sitting here and saying how great Cheshire was. I still think Cheshire's great. Oh, no, so do I. Yeah. But you look at it, and they were three last week, and it was like, oh, look, Cheshire, this and this, and it's like, oh, you lost a one nothing game. And we're gonna drop you three three spots in the poll now. I mean, that's that was right. A little... and, I, and I think that that's also an anomaly of 
other people voting. So if, yeah. if a couple people move them down to eight, <clears throat> and then a couple people have them up at two, but no one's voting them, you know, higher than that, it just it, it moves yeah. a number. No, the it's, it's interesting, down. and every week there's going to be something so wrong about it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all so close. Yeah. I mean, they're within. 10 points of prep, they're within 20 points of Holy Cross. I mean... Yeah. No, it could have gone either way. It's just, like, interesting. It's like you see a team like Amity, and I know that it's a lot name-based, but they've earned that. Yeah. And to see them at 10 when you see some teams ahead of them, and you're like, I don't know, when we get to when we get to the end of May, I'm taking Amity over the majority of these teams. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I want to mention a couple kids who are having outstanding seasons before we move on to the games to watch. Um, one of them was Saint, at St. Joe's. Uh, Jim Evans is hitting 800. He's got uh, 13 hits and 16 RBI. Uh, I'm not positive. So, uh, And then at Guilford, this kid Logan Driscoll is pounding the ball. He's hitting 833. Wow. He scored seven runs. And I got, uh, I got a note on him. That he has an exit velo of 92. I don't know who's measuring this at high school. It's the first exit velo that got sent to me. It's we're the so, reason we're I so, mentioned it. We're the first sabermetric podcast in, uh, in Connecticut. I mean, I love that stuff. I don't know how they're registering it with a high school kid, but I, I, mean, was, I, I was like, well, this kid's getting on the podcast. Please, exit please send all your exit velocities and launch angles in. Please. We're not joking. <laughs> Pete and I really love that stuff. Um, let's get into the games to watch uh, this week. Uh, we have a couple games tomorrow that are pretty interesting, uh, starting in the SWC. Um, New Fairfield, uh, I'm sorry, Notre Dame Fairfield, uh, which has won five in a row, is going to play undefeated New Milford. Uh, it's kind of an under-the-radar under game. I don't think anyone's really looking at Notre Dame Fairfield yet. That could be a really good one in the SWC. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Brantford at North Haven. Brantford, again, lost a couple games. They're gone. They didn't get any votes this week. <laughs> And they could be a top 10 team, you know, by the end of the season. But literally no votes for Brantford this week. Uh, but I think that game at North Haven is really, yeah. really interesting. Um, a one game Tuesday, uh, today, there's a game today, Waterford at Montville. Yes, I think that's that'll be a good game. Montville's that, a, a, yeah. an ECC team every year, year in, year out, competing for the ECC title. And then obviously you have Waterford, who I've said way more about water. I, this is the most I've talked about ECC baseball in my entire life. I love it. I love the ECC. All aboard the ECC train. Well, Waterford makes it easy, you know. Um, Thursday, we got a good FCAC one with Trumbull and Richfield. I'd like to see what Richfield does against Trumbull. It's always, always yep. going to be a tough team. Uh, and then Thursday in the SEC, we have Amity Hand, which I think could be the game of the week. Uh, that was know. supposed to be yesterday. Right, but now yeah. it's Thursday. So I think that's going to be an awesome game. Uh, so Friday. If Amity beats Hand, how far are we going to bump Amity up, and how far are we going to drop Hand down? That's a good question. Because <laughs> then you don't want the team that they beat above. Exactly them. right. Yeah. So it's not perfect, but we will do what we can to make the poll as fair and equitable as possible. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to chirp every week, so that's fine. I love that you chirp, and I hope that everyone chirps in the comments, and it's a good discussion point, you know. Yeah. Uh, Friday in the NBL, we have Sacred Heart at Holy Cross. Um, Holy Cross isn't going to be tested a lot no. up there. It's Sacred it. Heart looks okay so far. Eric O'Toole has done a very good job at Sacred Heart since taking over. A um, little fun fact: he also cover, he also coaches derby basketball. Yeah, basketball. So he's like he co- he coaches two NVL teams in two different sports. Like Joel Garriak and uh, he coaches like Wilton yeah, basketball right. boys. And now and he's New Canaan softball. New Canaan girls softball. Uh, hi, hi, Joel, if you're listening, big hi, fan. Joel. Long time. Um, and then back to the Berkshire League Friday, Thomaston at 
friend of the show, Lewis Mills. Lewis Mills, my boy, uh, the Jesse Darcy Fighting Spartans. Um, Lewis Mills finally, finally getting on the field. They finally got on the field this week. Uh, they lost to Sheehan, but, you know, Spartans were a Class M finalist last year. Um, if Waterford was in L last year and they didn't have to face Burroughs in the finals, who knows? Lewis Mills might have won the Class M title. Uh, them versus Thomaston's always a good a good matchup. Thomaston, probably the truest Class S school in the state. Tiny, and, yeah. Yeah, and Lewis Mills, who is making the move to the CCC in two years, one of the biggest schools in the Birch League. Those are always fun uh, when the two of them get together because if Thomaston wins, then it's like, you know, hooray for the little guy. And Lewis Mills wins, it's, you know, the big bad, you know, Giants. So that that's always a good game. Um, so that was definitely one that stood out to me. Uh, there's a lot of good games this week. Get out and see some games. I know it's still a little cold out there, but there's some good baseball to be seen. Um, all right, Dirt Dog time. You ready for the Dirt Dog of the Week? I am ready for the Dirt Dog of the Week. This is on you, so I'll give you a little bit of... Wait, do we want to shout out our nominees first? I want to shout out our nominees first, yeah. Uh, We got a few things, a few guys sent in to us. Yes, so please Uh, continue to send in the nominees every week. Yes, we look at them, we analyze them, we text about it, we try to figure out who the perfect Dirt Dog of the Week is. So again, you know, hashtag Dirt Dogs CT or tweet at Scott and I on Twitter. Um, the, The Twitter tags will be in the post. You guys all understand how that works. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the first nominee was T.J. Wainwright from West Hill. I've seen this kid play since he was 12 years old. He is a dirt dog. I mean, he's a shortstop. He's a second baseman. Uh, last week, he was 6 for 14 with five doubles, eight RBIs, and was dirty. Yes, in his those photos. I'm going to post plays. them with this. Those photos, he is all covered in dirt. Yeah. And uh, a very good nominee and someone we considered very strongly for the award. Uh, at Greenwich, we had... Henry Janacucci and Chris Gennaro, both. Nominated by a teammate, which I thought was very That's interesting, awesome. too. Yes, a teammate going out of his way to be like, hey, these two guys I play with are real dirt dogs. Uh, I think it was uh, Zach Carson who, uh, who, who, who let us know about his two teammates, so I thought that was really cool. So you guys be more like Zach Carson. Yes. Send us in the dirt dog nominees from your team. We want to see these kids. Uh, and the last nominee was East Haven's Ryan Spano. Uh, who was 7 for 13, 6 RBI, had a grand slam, and also pitched well. Closed the game, striking out the side. I mean, there's no so he had more an awesome dominant week. way. I will say the photo they sent, his uniform was sparkling clean. So <laughs> we love that he did had an awesome week. Can't give him the dirt dog without any dirt on yeah, him. Yeah, if you're going to take a picture, just like rub a bunch of dirt on your jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so the dirt dog of the week, drum roll, is Kevin Brueggemann, from, the catcher from Trumbull. Catchers are always dirty. They're gritty. It's the best position in baseball, hands down. I love. I caught my whole life. It's the best position. Probably, I'm going to say it's the best position in all sports. I would agree. I also caught my whole life. We were both catchers. I don't know what that says about us. Uh, I can't tie my shoes, so sure. That's what it says about my knees. Uh, but let me tell you about Kevin. Uh, Kevin was dirty from the beginning. Uh, led off the bottom of the first with a double, sliding the second, stole third base. Uh, then came home on a ground on a on a ground ball single uh, later in the game behind the plate with the runners on third made a couple really tough stops they're things that don't go in scorebooks no one really notices except the people there but if he doesn't make those stops runs come in yep. and the, and the team loses later in the game there was also a ground ball to short with the bases loaded they threw it to Bergman who was covering home. The kid was filthy dirty at the end of the game. He had a really good game. That's what we're looking for in the Dirt Dogs. So congratulations to Kevin Brueggemann, the Trumbull catcher. You are the Dirt Dog of the Week. 
That was a good pick. That was a good pick. I mean, if it was up to me, I think I'd pick catchers every week. But I think we could possibly pick catchers every week. It's not fair. We're going to have to move no, off the catchers. We're going to spread but... it out, but guys, keep sending the nominees in. We read them. We analyze them. We decide. You know, we, we really try to pick and hone down on who really was the Dirt Dog of the Week. So please keep sending in the submissions and the nominees. We really do appreciate it. And also, any questions you have for the podcast, we will read them on the air if you send them to that same hashtag. Uh, or send them to High and Tight, or send them to me and Pete on Twitter. Yeah, just reach out and be like, hey, you can, you can ask us about the poll, ask us about, you know, top players in the state, what games, you know, that a game that maybe you think is great to watch next week that maybe we haven't seen, or, or you know, hey, be like, shout us out and be like, hey, you guys need to come up to CCC country. I know Weathersfield on Instagram keeps commenting on every post like i posted the the new milford thing yeah, yesterday yeah. and they're like yeah well when's this post going to be about the 22 and 0 weathersfield team and i'm <laughs> like you know what i think i have to go see weathersfield at this point so you know reach out to us we're very interactive we want to make this show you know yes us talking but a lot of it with you know user input and interactions with our listeners and stuff like that so well listen man this was a lot of fun again yeah uh, i just want to remind all the kids out there get your gloves down don't ruin the game for your friends don't ruin the game for your friends uh and for game time ct and high and tight i'm scott i'm pete we'll see you next time later <laughs>